0: I Satan fall like lightning, I saw darkness run for cover, but the miracle there.
1: Good morning and welcome to Christ the Cornerstone, our worship service this morning. Today is known as Palm Sunday, the day that Jesus entered in Jerusalem and was celebrated as the King. Let's gather together and worship him this morning.
2: Love oh, you I'm going to see a victory, I'm going to see a victory.
1: these words from the book, from the the Psalms, Psalm 118. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Please, Lord, please save us. Please, Lord, please give us success. Bless the one who comes in the name of the Lord. We bless you from the house of the Lord. The Lord is God, shining upon us. Take the sacrifice and bind it with cords on the altar. You are my God, and I will praise you. You are my God, and I will extol you. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Will you pray with me? Gracious and loving God, we lift you up today because you are holy. You have given your Son to us to save us. We thank you as we gather in our homes today. We pray for your protection to fall upon all of us. We pray for your grace to bring healing. We pray for your presence to bring peace. Open our hearts and our minds this morning, God, that we may hear you speak to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
3: Hey church family, I'm Carrie Ann and I'm Jill and we've got this week's news. With Holy Week here, even though we aren't able to meet together, we will be live streaming our Good Friday service at 7 p.m. on April 10th. Our team will lead us in worship and we will hear a message from Pastor Bond. We will be streaming our service on our website as well as on our Facebook page. Next Sunday is Easter Sunday, and we are sad that we aren't able to celebrate together. But we invite you to join us online at 9 a.m. as Pastor Roger will bring us a message that is not only relevant to the resurrection of Jesus, but also relates to things going on in our world right now. Tell someone else about our live stream and invite them to watch too. Join us online on April 19th at 9 a.m. as we begin a new series titled, Tell Me Something Good. There has been a lot of disturbing news in our world lately, so during this series, we will take some time to hear about the good things that God has done and is doing in the lives of people in our church. This past Wednesday night, we held our first prayer meeting on Zoom with 38 in attendance. We had the chance to see faces, say hi to one another, and share prayer requests. These prayer meetings will continue every Wednesday at 7 p.m. You can find the link to the Zoom meeting on our Facebook page. If you need prayer, you can call the church office at 302-836-2862 or you can text your prayer request to 888-344-1022. These are challenging times and we can feel alone and discouraged. We want to hear from you so we know how to pray for you. God bless you and have a great week.
4: Good morning. It's good to be with all of you, even though, again, we can't be in the same room together. It's good to share our worship together. Thank you for being with us this morning. Uh, Thank you for getting up and worshiping with us this morning. Uh, Even though we're not meeting together, there are a number of things that are, are coming up. Uh, Easter Sunday is next weekend, as you just heard on the announcement video, and uh, so uh, we will have some special things planned for next weekend and, and give you an opportunity to uh, worship the Lord and celebrate the resurrection of Jesus, only in anticipation of on that day when we can get together again and worship in the same place. Uh, as we take a few minutes and think about our giving, uh, I just want to again say thank you for your faithfulness. Uh, We see the faithfulness of God's people week after week after week here at Christ the Cornerstone. And uh, we've been amazed to see what God is doing and will do uh, as we continue down this road as people are faithful. Uh, We have a couple of ways that you can uh, share with us in giving this morning. You can go to our website, ctcde.net forward slash give, or you can text your offering to the number that's on your screen. Uh, Either way, it will take you to an app called Secure Give, which, as I said last week, is very, very secure. I've been using it since we've been here at CTC uh, and never had an issue with it. Uh, But again, as we think about giving and as we think about what God wants us to do and how he wants us to be faithful, uh, it's not about keeping the lights on. It's not about keeping salaries paid. It's about keeping us as a church in a strong financial position so that on the other side of this pandemic that we will be in a position to help those who are hurting probably more than ever before. So as we think about our giving this morning, would you pray with me as we uh, move in that direction? Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to give, and we thank you, Lord, for the faithfulness of your people. And so, God, we ask you, in the name of Jesus, to enable us, uh, Lord, to to keep those commitments that we've made. Uh, Lord, that those who are in a position where their pay has been cut or maybe they've been laid off, God, I just pray that today you would bless their families from unexpected sources that you would reveal to them that you are God, that you are the one who is our true provision and not our employer, uh, not any bank, not any other institution. But, God, you are our provider. And So, Lord, we ask you in the name of Jesus to remain faithful to us as we are faithful to you. And we will thank you for that in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. God bless you. Thank you so much.
1: Together. Gracious, loving God, great is your faithfulness. We know, God, that you are enveloping this world in your comfort, in your hands. There's that old song, You've got the whole world in your hands, and we trust that, Jesus. We trust you with ourselves. This week I heard a a father telling a story about his daughter. She was scared the father asks the daughter, do you trust me? And you're asking us, you're asking our world, God. You're leaning over to us. And you're saying, my world, I created you. Will you trust me? You're our heavenly father. You're the one who loves us. And we thank you. The answer is yes, daddy. We will trust you. We've gathered today because we trust you. We ask you to surround us and to protect us and to provide for us, to bring the healing that we need in this world, to bring bring the cleansing that we need in this world. We thank you for that. Thank you for your Son, Jesus. Thank you for the Word that you give to us. And now, God, as we turn and we listen to Pastor Sharon, proclaim your goodness, your word, through your scriptures. We ask you to anoint her with your presence. Let her words be your words. And be with us as we hear them this morning, God. May we be filled also with your presence and anointed, that we may hear what you want us to hear today, that we may be equipped to be your church around this world, that we may spread your good news to those who who need it. Come, be present with Pastor Sharon as she brings the message to us today. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.
5: to be here with you this morning on this Palm Sunday. I always loved Palm Sunday when I was a little girl and the reading that I'm going to read for you today is the traditional reading for Palm Sunday. This comes from Mark chapter 11. As Jesus and his disciples approached Jerusalem, they came to the towns of Bethphage and Beth- and Bethany on the Mount of Olives. Jesus sent two of them on ahead Go into that village over there, he told them. As soon as you enter it, you will see a young donkey tied there that no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks, what are you doing? Just say, the Lord needs it and we'll return it soon. The two disciples left and found the colt standing in the street tied outside the front door. As they were untying it, some bystanders demanded, what are you doing untying that colt? They said what Jesus had told them to say, and they were permitted to take it. Then they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their garments over it, and he sat on it. Many in the crowd spread their garments on the road ahead of him, and others spread leafy branches they had cut in the fields. Jesus was in the center of the procession, and the people all around him were shouting, Praise God! Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord! Blessings on the coming kingdom of our ancestor David. Praise God in the highest heaven. So Jesus came to Jerusalem and went into the temple. And looking around carefully at everything, he left because it was late in the afternoon. Then he returned to Bethany with the twelve disciples. As I said, I always enjoyed Palm Sunday when I was a youngster because it was exciting. Palm Sunday was a big deal. We would get palms when we came into the church on that day and we'd hold them. And when it came time for the service to begin, the music would start and the pastor would walk up the aisle. And there was always the music was always a very triumphant sounding piece of music. And the pastor and other people who were involved in the service would walk up the aisle and the congregation would wave their palm branches. And the song we would be singing usually had the words, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. When I was a kid, I had no idea what the word Hosanna meant, but it sounded really important, so I would sing Hosanna in the highest. In the New Living Translation, which is the version that I read from today, it says, Praise God, Praise God in the highest heaven, instead of Hosanna. But it means the same thing. And I remember at some point in my life thinking that wouldn't it be cool if we could have a celebration like that every Sunday? What if every Sunday was that big of a celebration where we were just shouting, Praise God! Praise God in the highest! Or better yet, what if every day was a celebration? What if we recognized Jesus' presence around us every day and gave him praise? In 2016, I had the privilege of being in Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. It was really cool. And there was a large parade of people who were celebrating Palm Sunday. They had palm branches, some of them had musical instruments. And they were walking through the streets of Jerusalem celebrating Jesus. And it was so neat being in that place in Jerusalem and watching this happen. If Jesus came today to your town or to your neighborhood, would there be a parade like this one? Would we all run out of our houses wearing our masks and our gloves To see Jesus. If he came today. Or would we just turn back away from the window and go back to playing words with friends. Wherever you are sitting and watching this broadcast. I want you to imagine that. Imagine hearing a large commotion out there on the street. And you go to your window and you see this parade passing by and people playing instruments and dancing. And they're all focusing their attention On this one man. What if Jesus came today, right now, to your neighborhood? What if two strangers knocked on your door and said, we just need to borrow your car for a couple of hours. Uh, Jesus needs it. How would you respond? Would you get angry? Would you call the police? But when we look at this scripture passage today we can see that God was putting things in place. God was lining things up to accomplish his purpose. Nobody questioned it when the two disciples said, we're taking this colt because Jesus needs it. You know, when they were untying it, somebody said, what are you doing? But as soon as they said, yeah, we, we need to borrow this. Jesus needs it. Everybody was okay with that answer. I'm afraid my faith is a little bit more shallow than that. If you show up at my house and say, Um, the Lord needs the Mustang for a couple of hours, you're gonna need to explain a little bit better than that. But look at what God is doing here in this scripture. God began this plan long before this day. The prophet Zechariah predicted this. In Zechariah chapter nine, verse nine, it says, O people of Zion, Shout in triumph, O people of Jerusalem, look, your king is coming to you. He is righteous and victorious, yet he is humble, riding on a donkey, riding on a donkey's colt. You see what God's doing here? This was God's plan all along, and the pieces began to fall into place. Long ago, through the prophet, God told Jerusalem, the king is going to come to you, and he's going to be riding on a donkey's colt. And here it is. It's that day. Everything was lining up to fulfill God's plan. The colt was right where it was supposed to be. And when the disciples went to get it, they used the exact words that Jesus instructed them to use. And everybody was okay with it, and things were happening according to plan. And some of the people got it. They made a seat for Jesus using their garments. The spectators caught on and began throwing their garments and palm branches into the street, kind of like rolling out the red carpet for somebody of great importance. And they sang words of praise to this king, to this Messiah. Those who had been familiar with the scriptures probably recognized what was happening. They probably realized this is it. This is the moment that we've been waiting for that was told to us in Scripture. And then almost as rapidly as it began, the party began to slow down. A strange thing happened to me today when I was on the way here this morning. I was playing with the buttons on my radio, and I turned to the station 101.1, and they were playing Christmas music. And I was okay, what's going on here? I mean, I'm confused enough trying to figure out what day of the week it is, and now I'm really messed up because there's Christmas music playing on the radio. And it was really confusing, but it made me think about my hometown, Claymont, Delaware, and we have this Christmas parade the first weekend of December. And the very first float in the parade is this Christmas weed, it's called. And the tradition of the Christmas weed began when one year somebody decorated a weed beside the road with Christmas ornaments. And then the Department of Transportation cut it down. And so the residents of Claymont put, it, put a weed back up in that spot and decorated it again. And they did this three or four times. And over the course of about 26 years, that tradition has grown into a Christmas parade that features this Christmas weed. So every year, the first week of December, we have this parade, and everybody comes out to honor the Christmas weed. And then when the parade is over, as you might imagine, everybody goes back to their homes, and the little vendors with the balloons and the toys are still wheeling their carts down the street, and there might be some random trash blowing around. But as quickly as the parade starts, it ends. And I think that's what happened in this passage. In verse 11 of today's reading, it says, So Jesus came to Jerusalem and went into the temple. After looking around carefully at everything, he left because it was late in the afternoon. It doesn't say that anyone went into the temple with him. It just says Jesus went into to the temple. Given what happened earlier with the parade, it seems a little anticlimactic. But I think probably the parade had happened. Everybody went home. Once Jesus had passed by, people probably picked up their garments and just left. Maybe they thought, well, that wasn't such a big deal. It makes me think of a song that was on the radio when I was a kid. None of you are probably old enough to remember Peggy Lee. But she had a song called, Is That All There Is? And she would say, After big events. Is that all there is? Is that all there is, my friends? If that's all there is, then let's keep dancing. I wonder if that's what happened after Jesus went by. Did people say, is that all there is to the Messiah? But then Jesus goes to the temple and it says he looked around. And again, God's plan is working here. In Matthew, Mark, and Luke, that moment of Jesus going into the temple and looking around is the preparation. It prepares us, the reader, for what's going to happen next. A little bit later in that chapter, just a few verses later, Jesus cleanses the temple of some things that were not pleasing to God. It says when they arrived back in Jerusalem, Jesus entered the temple and began to drive out the people buying and selling animals for sacrifices. He knocked over the tables of the money changers and the chairs of those selling doves, and he stopped everyone from using the temple as a marketplace. He said to them, the scriptures declare my temple will be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you have turned it into a den of thieves. Jesus going to the temple and looking around was the beginning of a cleansing of God's house. A lot of my friends have been texting me or or calling me or putting on Facebook that during this time of quarantine that they they are using their spare time to do their spring cleaning. And many of them are doing more than their normal spring cleaning. They're purging and they're downsizing and they're cleaning out items that just aren't necessary. Because now that people are in their homes, they're becoming uncomfortable with clutter. I asked you what would happen if Jesus came to your town or, or your neighborhood. But what would happen if Jesus came to your house, your temple? What if Jesus came in and looked around? What would he see? Are there areas in your home where you would think maybe I'm just going to shut the door and not let him go in there? If you looked out and you saw Jesus standing on your doorstep, would you hide some things under the couch hoping he wouldn't see them? Jesus shows up every day in our lives. And he invites us to recognize him as Lord and King. And Jesus gently seeks entry into our hearts. But are there rooms in our hearts where we would shut the door and not let him in? Are there areas in your heart that you hope Jesus doesn't see? Are there times in your life when your behavior and your actions would be better swept under the couch? Because you're not proud of them? What do you routinely cover up hoping that Jesus doesn't see it? Everybody, every one of us has, has things in our lives that if we would allow him to, Jesus would cleanse us of. That he would get rid of, just like he got rid of the tables of the money changers in the temple. Jesus can overturn and chase away whatever is preventing us from being a temple of the Holy Spirit. What's different with us, though, is that Jesus waits to be invited. He waits for us to allow him to come in and do a spiritual house cleaning. Unlike the temple building, we have to submit our human will to Jesus in order for him to clean our spiritual homes. A few days ago, I saw a post on a friend's Facebook page, and it kind of hit home for me. It said, in your rush to return to normal, use this time to consider what parts of normal are worth rushing back to. I think there's something to be said for that. That's really good advice, and it's a challenge for us to accept as individuals, as families, and even as churches. Maybe we should think about that. We've had to adapt very quickly to doing things differently. And we're still developing new and different ways to live our lives now that our routine has been disrupted. Jesus disrupted things in Jerusalem, in the temple. As we shelter in our homes and limit our personal contact, let's use this time To invite Jesus to triumphantly enter our lives, our surroundings, our homes, our churches, our lives, our hearts. Let's invite him to perform a total cleansing of those areas. Remove all those things that are standing between us and the Holy Spirit. We don't physically have palm branches in our hands today. But we should welcome the Messiah. We should raise our hands and say, praise God, blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. In almost every church I've ever attended, on Palm Sunday after the service was over, there would be someone, usually a a little lady, an elderly woman, in the back of the church who would take some of these palm branches that were left over and weave them into crosses or braid them and weave them into beautiful crosses. And members sometimes would hand over their branches so that they could be woven into something beautiful to take home as a reminder of what God has done through Jesus. We are in some strange times, my friends, and this time of separation may have you feeling a lot like those palm branches that were scattered under the feet of a colt. Branches that were pulled away from the tree and scattered from one another. God's timing was perfect in fulfilling Zechariah's prophecy. God made a way at just the right time for the Messiah to enter Jerusalem in a triumphant and joyful manner. And at just the right moment, Jesus cleansed the temple. God's timing is still perfect. And as we are awaiting God's perfect timing during our current situation, invite Jesus in. Invite Jesus to be part of your home and say, praise God, blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. For Jesus is here. Jesus is here. And Jesus will cleanse us and will, if we allow it, remove from us all that is not of God. It is my prayer that we will submit to that cleansing, that we will offer ourselves, just like those palm branches woven into crosses, that we will offer ourselves into the hands of the Master that can braid us and weave us and change us into living reminders of what God can do and what God will do through Christ Jesus. Would you pray with me? Lord God, we ask that the Holy Spirit will fall afresh on each one of us, on our homes, on our places of worship, on our hearts. And that we will be changed and formed into better disciples. Lord God, we thank you that we have this opportunity and this technology that we're able to worship with one another even though we can't see one another. And, Lord, I ask you to bless all those that are hearing my voice on this day. Bless their homes. Bless their families. Keep them safe. Keep them well. And may your Holy Spirit ever dwell in our hearts. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
1: celebrate Holy Communion today and uh, I encourage you, if you have not already done it, to gather some bread and some juice. In the United Methodist Church, we usually use grape juice, but in your home, you choose (laughs) whether it's juice or wine. And uh, we encourage you to get a glass for each person so that you can share it safely with each other and uh, some bread and provide a piece of bread Uh, for each person as we remember what Christ has done for us. Pastor Sharon and I will will be here to offer prayers of consecration. And we're trusting that God and, and, and Jesus in being present in all of our homes will be with us. Let's remember what Jesus has done for us as we receive this sacrament of Holy Communion. And let's pray together. Dear Jesus, we thank you. For what you have done for us. We remember that night when you were betrayed. And on this day, on this week, when we celebrate your triumphal entry into into Jerusalem. We think about how grand and glorious and wonderful and what you have done as God in our lives. And we know, Jesus, that as we proceed through this week, we will be remembering All of the experiences you had that week. We remember that on Thursday you will gather with your disciples. You will take the bread. You will give thanks to God for it. You will break the bread. You will give it to your disciples and say to them, This is my body which is given for you. Do this whenever you eat it in remembrance of me. We remember you will take the cup. You'll give thanks to God. You give thanks to God for the cup of suffering that you will experience. Lord, help us to give thanks to you for the difficulties that we face, because we know that in them you are working in our lives for your glory. So Jesus takes this cup of suffering and he gave it to his disciples and he said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. So whenever you eat eat this and whenever you drink this, do so in remembrance of me. Heavenly Father, we thank you for giving yourself to us in this way. We ask that your Holy Spirit will come upon us as we are gathered today. Your, your church, the body of Christ, we ask you to be with us wherever we are, into the homes, with the parents, with the children, with the individual who's there, whoever it may be, God. Come and be present with them. Fill them with your Holy Spirit. Bless this gift of bread and this gift of juice that it may be for us your body and your blood saving us, redeeming us, cleansing us as Pastor Sharon proclaimed. We thank you, Jesus, for this. That we will be your body in our neighborhoods, not just in our churches. We can't gather in our churches. But you have gathered your church In our homes. And we thank you for that. So as we receive and we share. Or if we're an individual in our home alone. As we receive and serve ourselves. We know that we are not alone. But you are always with us. Pour your grace and your mercy upon us. In your great love. Our Lord and Savior. Jesus. Amen. I encourage you to take a moment while while the praise team leads us in the next song. Serve one another in your homes. Father, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us. Now, as we go into your world and as we live the life that we've got to live this week, we trust that you are with us, that you have cleansed us, that you are strengthening us and you are healing us. Be with us continually. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you all for being here this week. God bless you. We'll see you next week.